Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we talk about how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce. This week, we interview TJ Gamble with Jamerson. We discuss big commerce and how the choice of a simple is often better than complex for your average merchant. We discuss his show, e commerceaholic and how it has garnered worldwide fame. We close out the episode with another pitch for a hackathon in Orlando, Florida in 2022. Who doesn't love Disney World and hacking Magento or other software or whatever you want to do to get to Orlando, Florida? Magento Creative, partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe Gold partner and Big Commerce Elite partner. Magento, the code of commerce. This episode is sponsored by eWay Corporation, the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, and AWS Select Consulting Partner, eWay Corporation, forward together. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. This week, I have TJ Gamble. TJ, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello. TJ here, as Brent said, uh, I am the CEO and founder of Jamerson, an e-commerce agency, and most folks know me from my e-commerceaholic content we put out on YouTube, but pretty much any social channel. Yeah, and I just just on that note, I, I have toured one of your one of your distilleries in in Dublin, and it was fantastic. The free samples were great. Uh, my kids came along, and my son is not big in in Jamerson Jamison and um but i got his free sample so i appreciate that you you make that joke but it it was a you know when we started doing the e-commerce aholic stuff and really tying it around bourbon and you know having having conversations around whiskey that that was a, a a concern that we discussed for quite some time before deciding it doesn't really matter yeah, so that does bring up a good idea for a topic. And I know we didn't discuss, should we talk about scotch versus whiskey versus bourbon? And then we go into Japan and all their new whiskeys. And I actually have a, I have a whiskey from India that I got. So, but maybe, maybe we can do that on a different show. Maybe one of your shows. Sure. Let me know. Yeah. All right. So, um, Today I kind of wanted to go over big commerce. Uh, we haven't had anybody on the sh on, on my show yet that that does a lot of big commerce, and I know that you do big commerce. And I'm interested in to get your I'm interested in your perspective and what you feel about it, and and uh, and then let's talk about some of the strengths. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're a big fan of big commerce. You know, obviously we came from Magento, like a lot of a lot of folks that you probably have had on the show. Uh, we've been doing Magento for as long as Magento has been doing Magento. We picked it up in a beta in 2007, launched our first site in 2008, and we went, we went all in. We did just about only that for, you know, nine or so years. And then we, we started noticing that a lot of the merchants we were talking to just weren't necessarily the right fit for the platform. Obviously, the space had evolved a lot over that, that decade. And so, you know, we started looking out in the market, what was out there, what was up and coming, what was already established, you know, had what had great partner support, uh, you know, third party app support and, and that kind of thing, you know, had pretty robust 
functionality and the flexibility to kind of maybe ease that transition that uh, the Magento merchants we had been talking to um, would have going going to a more limited SaaS platform. And Big Commerce seemed to really fit that bill. Um, so we, you know, we went out and and started, you know, meeting with folks. We talked to them. We talked to Shopify. Um, honestly, we just found Big Commerce a lot more open, a lot more welcoming. Um, you know, from a platform perspective, from a people perspective, uh, they've got a great partnership program, and and we've been a partner with them for I guess three years or so now, and and have been really we're really excited about the possibilities there. Yeah, and I guess full transparency, we are also a big commerce partner now, and uh, uh, I think one of the most exciting things about uh, big commerce is the fact that we can go headless. Uh, and that we're the ability to do some things that other SaaS platforms can't do gives you some of that flexibility to make things that you couldn't do on on other said SaaS platforms. Uh, I think one of the one of the initiatives even a couple of years ago when Nexus had uh, had WordPress on Big Commerce, if you remember that. Yeah, that. That wasn't something that particularly excited me. Like I, I just don't think that that particular implementation wasn't something earth shattering or groundbreaking. But what was exciting about it is the possibilities that it presented. Right, like it was basically a proof of concept of just kind of tying in a headless um, front end to big commerce. So I, I think they they did the right thing by going there. I don't I don't know how successful their WordPress connector has been. Um, but yeah, I think I think headless is, obviously headless microservices is where everybody's going. I don't know how fast we'll get there. I'm not sure PWA will be the manifestation of, of the headless front end that everybody will use, but it's pretty obvious that's the direction that all the platforms are taking us because that's where the enterprise wants to go and everybody else kind of follows behind them. And, and big commerce having those capabilities and being kind of early um, as far as a SaaS platform goes in, in rolling those out, it's gonna give their platform a lot more longevity than others will have. Yeah, the, the ability to run something externally from the main application, I think is the biggest draw for it. And I have had conversations, uh, uh, say with Mark Lewis about Shopify, I think Shopify now has a has a headless option, but you you are exactly right on the enterprise is going to that that more of that solution, um, and then the also the ability just to do a regular website so you don't have all that complication, and you did allude to that with where Magento went and has gone and is going that it is become it is becoming increasingly more complicated so the your average Joe can't just uh, spin up a site. Uh, well, they can, I should qualify that. It's not as easy to start a site as it would be on big commerce. Well, of and course, right? Like just, just having hosting infrastructure and local environments and all the things that are required to deal with open source software instantly make it more complicated, not even talking about the development capabilities on it. Yeah, so I, you know, I know your your show, Ecommerce Aholic. Um, you discuss multiple platforms, and I have seen topics around Magento. I've seen topics topics around Big Commerce. What are the kind of key things that you 
look at when you're discussing the benefits of big commerce? And do you do you talk about sort of the downsides? Of course, uh, you know, what we want, the thing we try to preach to merchants is that there is no best platform. There is what's best for you in this particular window in time at this stage of your business. And if you move to another stage of your business or, you know, time passes and other platforms catch up and move around, like this is a, this is a constant equation that needs evaluating. And so what you're looking for when you're looking for a platform is what could get me through the next three to five years um, and, and hopefully five years, but you know, I'll on the low end three. And at that point, you really, it is in your best interest to look around, to see what's out there and see if that landscape has changed. And so right now, big commerce is in a great position between Shopify and Magento on the flexibility scale. Like they, they've got, you know, higher API rate limits. They've got great APIs. There's just a good bit more you can do with big commerce versus Shopify. And then there's, you know, there's obviously Magento on the other end of that. But, you know, so in most cases, if you're evaluating big commerce to Magento head to head, big, big commerce is not going to win that battle if you're just looking at functionality or what's possible. But... If you look at your total cost of ownership, big commerce is typically going to be a lot cheaper, especially if you're looking at um, Adobe Commerce where you've got a license price included in that. Oftentimes, even with just Magento, where you've got hosting and the patches and, and the updates and the development costs that come with that. And so if you look at the cost, the costs are gonna be lesser over here. And for an awful lot of businesses, its functionality and flexibility is more than enough. So why pay for this, you know, really enterprise application when you as a business are not in that stage where you're actually going to leverage it, right? Like if you don't need it and this is good enough and it's cheaper and then you could take that money and invest it in things that are going to actually drive sales, right? Reinvest it in more marketing or branding or more products or whatever, is going to help your business, you know, automations, whatever, um, that's gonna be the right decision to actually get you to that stage where maybe then you've got the business complexity to where Magento is the right fit for you. Maybe by then that whole equation has shifted and changed. But I see too many merchants choose a platform because of hype, whether it's, you know, not necessarily Magento, but any Shopify, you know, maybe it's one of these new headless first cloud-based options and, and it's all hype and you get caught up in that and you choose that because you think you want the ultimate inflexibility and this crazy custom experience and all of this stuff. But in actuality, what you needed was much smaller and making that choice to try to go bigger than what you actually need is going to prohibit your business from getting to that point to where you actually need all of that stuff. Um, and it, it actually ends up being a thing that holds you back. Yeah, sometimes too much choice is a, is a problem that leads you down a road that leads you to a lot of technical debt. And I know that we've specifically had clients that have come to us that, that come with 70 installed Magento connectors uh, and a heavy theme that they've bought off the shelf and 
you know, they're trying to speed it up faster than 10, 10 second load times and all that debt and all those things that they've decided to put in it, I guess, number one, do they use it all the time? Um, and number two, uh, do they even need it and can they get by without it? I, I think a lot of the pluses on the, on the big commerce side are here's some great functionality that gets you rolling and running and then if you would like to do something in the future, there's some options in there. There are the external options that you can bring in. In fact, we just had a, a conversation with, a, with somebody that wanted to do AEM on top of big commerce. So there are all sorts of options that, that give you, but sometimes not giving all those extra choices gives, makes everybody's life easier, even though the client doesn't know it. It's almost as though you, you say the client is sort of like a toddler and you, and you introduce some things to them slowly or a puppy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're not talking about any specific clients right now. But if, if, you, if you treat it a little bit that way, knowing that 80% that is going uh, to get them 90% of their value or whatever that number is the the big commerce really makes a lot of sense. Talking about, you know, 70 modules and, and that type of thing. I, I come from a background of really complicated Magento open source builds. Like we we've been, that's, we started doing Magento open source. That's really what we did for, you know, four or five years, almost exclusively before we started landing some enterprise deals and, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. And sometimes being on a platform with some limitations is the best thing a merchant could possibly do. When you could say, no, you can't do that. It's not possible. Oftentimes that saves them from themselves and having the flexibility of an open source platform allows people to oftentimes get themselves in trouble. Yes, absolutely. And I'm, I'm thinking uh, specifically about our experience with Universal Music Group, where uh, they had, you know, a thousand different artist managers who wanted something. And if they were told, yes, that could be done, but it's going to be expensive. A lot of them were like, okay, let's just do it. <laughs> um, and on the flip side, you know, we've, we've just started doing some, uh, some smaller big commerce jobs. And and the, the time to market is so quick uh, that uh, the client can get up and running very fast and then, then they can continue to develop on it. So the, both the cost and the time to market uh, for somebody that only needs something fairly simple uh, is, a great, is a great advantage. And then uh, you're right about not giving them so many options uh, will we'll speed up all those things. And then the hidden hidden costs, and I know there's hidden costs and all these from external modules and, and throughput and Magento has hosting hidden costs. And um, the hidden costs I think uh, on big commerce are if you need to have some external app connected and then they start charging you on a per transaction basis uh, certainly that can be a hidden cost. It's a, I know that's a big, big, huge driver for Shopify on how they get extra revenue. But obviously the hidden cost on Magento is its need to be upgraded every 
time a new patch comes out and uh, the, the, the client with the 70 modules makes it even more difficult to ensure that that upgrade goes smoothly. So the, the big commerce ideas where you have thousands and thousands of people that have just an API first and they can, big commerce can do those upgrades internally without anybody being affected. Um, so just kind of circling around on, on finding talent and, and getting developers, have you, have you struggled that with that on big commerce? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Getting talent is a, that's a tough question lately. Um, you know, right now e-commerce is booming. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to say fortunately, cause it's not fortunate for anyone. We had a pandemic, but COVID has obviously accelerated e-commerce. And so everyone's busy. Every business, every agency I talk to is busy. Every developer I talk to is busy. And that's definitely made it a tighter market for finding talent. Um, we're also not as tied into um, sources of big commerce talent. Over the years, we've been to all these Magento events and we're connected to all of these folks. And there's, you know, whole recruiter services devoted to just Magento talent. And so it's been moderately easy for us to find, uh, historically find those people when we needed them. Lately, it's it's obviously been a little tougher, but they're out there. You're just going to have to pay 50% uh, more for them than you did a few years ago. But um, it's big commerce, like, I, there's not like an organized place to, to find them. On the flip side, though, it's a lot easier to train them. And so they don't need this really deep technical knowledge of the platform as long as they've done some web development, preferably some e-commerce development on any platform, uh, picking up big commerce has been fairly simple for them. Yeah, so um, the... I think one thing that Magento is strong in is community. There's a great community around it. You did mention that in terms of going to the events. I would love to see more of this community-based uh, big commerce, um, big commerce events. But uh, do you think that there are there is a place for a SaaS platform and the type of community that Magento has? Well, the question becomes, why does it need to be open source to have a community? In Magento's case, that community was, it was, it was driven by developers. That's what made that community so special. People online asking questions, answering questions. You have all of these hackathons and all of these things that really people are making their living on this platform tend to you know, grow together. And so that, that growing together is really what led to that community being as, as strong as it is. So why can't we have that on, on big commerce? Well, you don't have the big complex technical development aspect of it, but Shopify's community is pretty strong. Um, it's mostly marketing and business folks, not necessarily developers, although there, there are obviously some developers mixed in. So yes, we, we can build that community. It's going to look a lot different than it does on Magento, but there's no reason we can't have it. 
Yeah, so maybe you would have a conference where people look at each other rather than their shoes. That was yeah, it, it's prob joke. probably probably <laughs> going to be a lot more conversations, a, a lot less, even hackathons and things. You could do that. Um, I I really think that's one of the problems with SaaS platforms right now is not it's not what's possible on the platform. It's the limit to our imagination of what's possible on the platform and not having necessarily great case studies or at least not public open case studies as to some of the co complex problems that people have solved, leveraging the APIs and their own custom apps and things like that. So doing these hackathons, making it more technical, um, trying to have open source projects that solve problems on these SaaS platforms, well, that's that's only going to help. And PWA is probably a big part of that because that is tied to big commerce, but that is a very complex technical thing that could you know, facilitate that same kind of technical audience. Yeah, you're exactly right on, on that, uh, on the fact that we could be, we should be looking at the problems and trying to solve them rather than figuring out how we're going to solve them or, or not, not figuring how, but the mechanism in which it's going to happen within big commerce. I think that it would have to happen externally through some API, or if it's such a great solution, you having it as part of the core code, I think it's probably a little bit more difficult to get into the core code, but I did just recently had an interview with, um, with Ben Marks, who, who said, do you remember that we couldn't actually go to, we couldn't actually submit anything into core code until like 2016 or 2017 in Magento it was, it was sort of gated off. It wasn't a public GitHub repo. And I remember now that when that public GitHub repo came out, that was pretty exciting. And Absolutely. I guess the big, yeah, the big difference of course with big commerce is you can't run it on your own. You, you, it is a SAS, so there's no like downloading it and trying to get it running your local machine. Um, would you say that the, this whole idea of running it on your local before you go to publish it to a, to a hosting site is also sort of going away? Do you think that's an old idea? Yes. I mean, as, as much as we struggle sometimes on complex Magento builds with local environments, there, there's enough technology out there to overcome that. And so, you know, the great thing about SAS is you don't have to worry about all that hosting infrastructure. And if you're if you're running it on your local machine, you're worrying about hosting infrastructure on your local machine. And so why, right? Like there's no, there's no real reason for that. Um, outside of, you know, technical people tend to like to make things overcomplicated sometimes. Like I'm technical. So I want this big technical setup, right? I didn't buy, I didn't buy a Dell or a Mac. I built one from scratch, right? And it's got all of this crazy stuff on it. And my keyboard does all sorts of strange things. And I got this particular mouse from 1997 that they only produced for three years. And my ID is set up just like I want. And there's 17 monitors. Right? That's, that's developers for you. So outside of that, you know, the job is to be as efficient as possible and to get the coding done. Programming is a commodity. And it's only going to get more so. And so the people who can be most efficient at it are going to be the people who win. And so if you, you want to be efficient at something, 
you don't need this thing that you control that's just going to cost you more time every time it has an issue. Yeah, so that's that's really where uh, something like Big Commerce comes into play. And I do agree too that the develop the time to get a developer and up and running is is much less than on Magento. Um, up to I would argue that a, up to a year less in some cases, especially if you're looking for somebody uh, that uh, that um, well, I won't go down that road. But I I do feel like that the the complexity of Magento makes it makes it it's a barrier for developers to want to do it that's the biggest thing that we've seen um, and trying to knock down those barriers is the biggest thing that we can do or that a platform can do as um, as a solution to get developers involved um, what about uh, so are you focused do you do you are you focused on big commerce and magento yeah, BigCommerce and Magento are the only two platforms we support currently. Okay. Um, so just going back to events, um, the the Adobe event, I've, I've, you've seen that they're questioning which whether they're even going to happen next year. Are, are you excited for events to happen again soon, in-person events? I'm torn on in-person events. I really like in-person events, right? I I spent the majority of my career in isolation. I'm in Opelika, Alabama. There's nothing going on here e-commerce wise. Um, you know, there's a few things happening in Atlanta that's an hour and a half away from me, but I, I just, I don't have that community unless I go places. And so I like in-person events from that perspective. Now I'm not someone that's gonna go to a lot of the sessions or the talks or anything like that. I'm there for the networking. That's that's why I'm there. So I I do miss the networking, but man, have I got a lot of work done over the last year and a half not having anywhere to go. Because, you know, during the busy season, I'm gone usually two weeks out of the month to somewhere. And so now not having that, because I'm not spending a week preparing and then two weeks gone and then a week getting over that, and then a week preparing, and then two weeks gone for seven months out of the year. And I've just gotten a ton of work done. The business is growing. We've got a lot of great things in place. Uh, I just don't think I'll go to the number of events that we went to before, at least until we get to that kind of next phase of business to where a lot of the things we're doing are not in my hands. Right. Yeah. So g just going back to your show, then um, uh, you've become world famous through your your show, your YouTube channel. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and how it started. World famous, I guess, technically, you're world famous if two people from two different countries know who you are, right? Like that's is that the definition? Yeah, and of there's world more famous than two going with. So. Okay. Um, how, the how the show started? Well, you know, we, we won't call it a show necessarily. We're, we're getting to where we call it a show, where we're, we're building it as a show. But the content started, again, because I'm in isolation. Um, I went to my first Imagine. I think it was right after the first Imagine, maybe right after my second Imagine. And I'm like, we're having a lot of really interesting conversations. I'm talking to people. Everything's wonderful. And then I go back home and it's a year. 
before I go to the, the next Imagine. You know, there may be some smaller conferences, but I, I'm not getting enough of these conversations that I wanted to have. Um, we don't, we didn't have real strong marketing. Uh, we weren't getting a ton of opportunities. So we wanted to be able to stay top of mind from Magento or from our other partners, grow awareness, you know, build a little leverage. Like if you're a business that is completely relying on another business, you really have no leverage. And so how do we gain some leverage over the platforms or the partners we're working with and just, you know, build, build our own community of folks. And so we started putting out edited YouTube videos. The first videos I did, oh, if you go watch the very first video, I'm, I'm using a GoPro with the GoPro audio and terrible lighting. And then we slowly improve. And then I go, I'm like, this is kind of working. Like people are starting to comment on it. And so I went and bought a nice camera and a nice microphone. And we started putting out content with moderate regularity that rolled into live streams um, that, that we do fairly frequently. And we've, over the years, we've been slowly evolving that into um, a, a little different type of content. Like we, we obviously want to say top of mind with partners and we want to, um, but we want to benefit those partners as well. So we're trying to create more educational content. Um, it's, it's not really that beginner focused. It, it is really kind of that inside baseball, deep technical content, um, but presented in a way that is palatable for more business minded folks. So in other words, we're, we're talking about technical e-commerce, but we're doing it, in a, doing it in a way that's hopefully fun, engaging, entertaining to a, a merchant that's trying to grow an e-commerce business. And, and always having bourbon on hand. Is that correct? I, well, you know, I mean, I, if, I feel like if you can find a way to make drinking fine bourbon a tax deduction, you take that opportunity, right? It'd just be stupid not to. Yeah, I still have uh, some of your tumblers, and I should have them. I should have one here, but I don't. I have a um, actually a creativity mug that I use for my iced tea during the day. Thank you, Josh Warren. Um, uh, so <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but uh, it's a great concept, and I love it. I love your shows; they're they're fantastically entertaining and very informative. Um, I will say my challenge has been to reach merchants. Uh, the whole idea for this show is to get merchants and educated around e-commerce in general, and then talk about other platforms other than Magento and now Big Commerce. And you're actually this is my first show on Big Commerce, so I guess I've not been successful in talking about, or I have been successful in not talking about Big Commerce. I've been unsuccessful in talking a lot about Magento, uh, but I think what I particularly like about about e-commerce aholic is it's always relevant. The content does. I I think it's more. It is definitely geared to merchants, and um, and um, it you do get something out of it. So, I one thing for me is always important is that you get something actionable out of it. Uh, so in this case, in this interview, they're going to get that we should drink more, uh, which is actionable. Uh, but they're also going to get that you put on a very, uh, very educational while entertaining show. And in this, in this community, that's that's not that's not an easy task. Um, 
So where are you headed with the show? Well, we are, we're getting even more practical. Um, we've got a couple of series we're working on right now. We're working with Guten, who's a print on demand provider that just released their big commerce connector. And we're trying to build a million dollar print on demand drop shipping business from the ground up. And we're documenting every step of it. Um, and, and the, you know, the theory behind that is, is I don't really want to start a business. I mean, it takes a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of effort, but I, I would like to have a business. And, and unfortunately, either starting or buying one is that's your only options to get there. So the starting one is more interesting from a content perspective. So we're building it and then we're going to leverage if we can get some scale on the business to where it makes sense. We're going to start leveraging it to bring in partners and showcase what their functionality can do. You know, we can really share everything like we share real numbers. Here's the sales. Here's the revenue off of it here's conversion rates like they're no, it's our site i share anything i want on it um we can start experimenting like I, we're going to build this site with a bought theme and then i'm going to switch it to a pwa for a week and see if it changes the conversion rates like does pwa change it? i don't know it depends on whether or not it's a good pwa right so we're gonna we're gonna try to get more practical with the content we're going to continue the type of stuff we're doing but we're layering this in as well. And then we've got another content series we're working on um, that I, I can't really talk about right now, but you'll see it in three or four months that, that I'm really excited about. Like, I think that's gonna take it up even even four or five more notches. All right. Is that, does it have anything to do with sweet tea or is that just a completely non-related beverage no, show? It has, oh, okay. has nothing to do. It's. There might not even be any bourbon in that one. I don't oh, know. It's crazy. I don't know that. So just so our listeners, we can do a little bit of reminiscing. You came to one of the first Mage Titans we did, and and that was when we had it at Trinity Hall, and you had a we were doing in you were doing inter, in person interviews. I think this is the right place, and you brought bourbon, and they took it away from me for the day. Is that correct? Yeah, I brought a local single malt. It wasn't bourbon. It was a single malt from John Emerald Distillery here in, in Opelika. They they confiscated our bottles. They did give them back after the show, but they confiscated our bottles. And, and in their defense, we were being very open and brazen about it. Like I, It's like I didn't know there were any rules. We were drinking it. We were just interviewing and giving folks drinks and um, apparently, you know, liquor licenses and things, what they are, they, they didn't appreciate that too well. So I, it was understandable. It still sucked. Like the interviews would have been a lot better if I could have got the guests drunk, but we, we may do it. I think it turned out pretty well. Yeah, it was, it was very entertaining. I can remember, uh, a retail X or what, it, maybe it was before it was called retail X. One of the vendors had custom printed cans of beer. And at some time in the day, they just gave them all away. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't quite what you're supposed to do, but the concept I thought was fantastic. And I do remember talking to them. The only thing legally they had to do is have the beer brewed and canned in, in Illinois. They couldn't bring it from Wisconsin or something like just for whatever rules Back they up. had, but yeah. it was also a very good concept. Um, all right. Well, TJ, this has been a lot of fun. Um, why don't you give yourself a shameless plug as we kind of round out the show here? Yeah. I mean, if you want to see more of the content we've been talking about and the things we've been doing, you can find it at e-commerceaholic. 
e-commerce, A-H-O-L-I-C, pretty much on every social platform out there. Um, even on TikTok now, even though I'm not really doing a whole lot on TikTok, but we're about to. So maybe go, go, go follow me on TikTok and see what we do there. Well, I'm on TikTok and I will follow you. I promise. Okay. Um, and I did, I was early adopter of Magento on TikTok. I can't say I had a lot of traction, but again, I didn't stick with it. So I think any of these things, if you're going to do it, you have to stick with it. Um, one thing that I would like to plug is that we are pushing an idea of a hackathon in Orlando, Florida in January. Um, it would be a, it would be an Adobe specific hackathon that we would do in person with X amount of people, whatever makes sense at the time. And then we would also have it uh, have it global. So we, we did a hackathon this spring out of India. We did it globally. Um, and we I think we had four or 500 people sign up for that one. Uh, and I don't know why nobody's ever thought about doing a Magento event in Orlando, Florida. It seems like such a great idea. Uh, and by the way, it was Madeline Anderson's idea and she had her honeymoon there. So apparently there's a muse, there's some kind of a park or something around there. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking um, that, you know, Monday or, or I'm sorry, Thursday or Friday, we do some kind of a hackathon, maybe a small show or conference or get together. And then people would have the weekend to enjoy themselves uh, in Florida. I know that you're in Alabama, so that's not exciting for you, but you know, we're in Minnesota, which is at the other end of the country. I don't know if you knew that there's a there's there's a states like going north of Kansas. There is still things that happen, and uh, I, Gary, I think Gary used to work for you. He didn't even know yeah. what the shape of Wisconsin or Minnesota was. So um, there are places up north, and in the north, I don't know if you know this either, but like in January, it gets colder than seventy degrees Fahrenheit. So some of us like to go to Florida in January where yeah, it's, snowbirds. it's often above 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Hey, I'm, I'm game. As long as it doesn't conflict with anything, I am game to go to Orlando anytime because my wife will, if she hears there's a possibility for a tax deductible trip to Orlando, we take it every time. We've done All that right. a few times. Well, it's only going to conflict against something that you want to do yourself. Well, that's okay. So there yeah. you go. As long as it's not, as long as it's not anything important, we'll be good. All right. Well, thanks again, TJ. And this has been fun. And uh, we will definitely have to do it again uh, with topics around bourbon and sweet tea. Anytime. Just let me know. Thanks a lot. Magento Creative, partnering with the client to help fulfill their strategic growth, serving the world as an Adobe Gold partner and Big Commerce Elite partner. Magento, the code of commerce. This episode has been sponsored by the partner of choice for technology, infrastructure, and enterprise-level digital solutions, and AWS Select Consulting Partner, EWA Corporation, Forward Together. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.